0: Hello and welcome to the Belter Wire. My name is William Brown, Content Manager, and today I'm joined by Shelly Sievert. Shelly is the Director of Business Development with Belter, who has spent the last 15 years specializing in senior living, specifically working with independent living, assisted living, skilled nursing, and continuum of care communities. Shelly remains involved in several long-term care and assisted living associations in order to stay at the forefront of what's happening in the industry from a regulation and reimbursement standpoint. Shelly, thanks for joining me. How are you today?
1: I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: Today we're starting a new series of discussions that focuses on senior living. The first episode that we're going to talk through is going to take a deeper dive into the larger concerns of a senior living dining facility, uh, specifically food waste management. So I know most often waste is associated with food, food that's either thrown away or maybe not stored properly. But to kick things off today, let's start talking about the idea of spending waste. I mean, that's a whole other form of waste that we can get into what does that mean and how can it be avoided from a senior living dining room facility perspective
1: when you think about senior living providers they really seek to optimize the dining from a cost perspective and they should adopt practices that are common throughout the restaurant world to avoid or to control dining budgets senior living providers um, have to track food spending at each step from ordering and inventory to when the food is served to residents restaurant managers they are very often closely monitor the spending to avoid wild variation from month to month and the same can be done by the culinary team at any senior living community. Tracking food costs per resident or patient day is a great way to do this. But you should all they should also really know how much is being spent on each plate of food, similar to how many other restaurants ensure that they are turning a profit.
0: Yeah, I imagine it's it's pretty important. I mean, identifying how much food is being used on a daily or weekly monthly basis right uh, for the community so they can better assess mm-hmm. and, and manage those, those spending okay what what do you think are some of the the basic or maybe even the fundamental steps that you know, if you're in the senior living if you're a dining room manager in a sen- senior living you know facility what are the steps that they could be taking to avoid you know spending too much in their kitchen
1: well it all starts with good menu management sure so when you look at doing a special or a trendy type dish um, to keeping comfort foods on the menu, which is very popular in senior living. You want to work with a menu management system that can help reduce food waste.
0: What are some of the, uh, the examples of a comfort food? What do you mean by that?
1: Uh, comfort food could be anything from a regional food, such as in Wisconsin, maybe a Friday fish fry, or in Tennessee, shrimp and grits, okay. or maybe out in California, something that's very seafood driven. Okay. When looking at all of this, the cost of everything that is being ordered has to be taken into account across the products they're buying to how much is being ordered at a time. For instance, if you're going to do a special meal like shrimp and grits, maybe only ordering enough shrimp and grits for one or two meals, or understanding how you can repurpose the extra food that they are ordering.
0: What about the time with some of these specialty meals? Are they they aware of how long it takes to prepare maybe meal A as opposed to something more traditional more standard is that going to take extra time do you think is that something that they should be concerned about
1: i think that in most kitchens you have somebody who is very trained in the culinary skills whether it be an executive chef at some of the higher end communities sure or somebody who's just been cooking in this manner for a long time so yes time may be a part of it the bigger part could be the training of staff oh sure to make sure that they understand how to make the meal
0: right okay good good
1: some of the other things that they can do um, to help avoid spending waste, they really should narrow their target as much as they can to the budget dollar, and that way they can attempt to order exactly as much food as they might use for the month. Okay. So this could be a difficult goal to achieve, but it really is worth the bene- benefit of time as we just talked about. Right. Right. So consider they could consider having things like par levels of the commonly used items so that when they ordering, they just order to keep that par level. For instance, in the winter in Wisconsin, you might see a lot of meat and potatoes where you may have a lot of mashed potatoes being served. Right. So instead of saying every month I'm going to order seven cases of mashed potatoes, if you keep a par level at seven but you only use three boxes, you would only order three boxes in that month. Does that make sense? Yeah, it
0: makes sense. It's okay. a lot of potatoes.
1: It it really it really is. Um, having been in and around senior living for the past fifteen years, I will tell you they make a lot of potatoes. Okay,
0: <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> what else?
1: Um, they can also consider using a menu planning tool that can assist with the balancing of required nutritional levels for residents and then the costs associated with that. Most broadliners, for instance, Cisco Foods, U.S. Foods, GF, um, are. Gordon Food Services, Mm -hmm. those major food providers, they will have a menu system or a menu planning tool, or the um, senior living provider can work with their GPO. The GPOs often have menu systems, but they also will have third-party companies that they can use with. Most of the time, it's done through software. Okay, And it usually is very user-friendly to help plan the menus. Yeah, I was
0: going to ask what, what type of software. I mean, is this something that they would have on their iPad or is it PC-driven? But it's, it's definitely technology-driven.
1: It is technology-driven. Okay. And most of the time, these communities are going to be very familiar with using a menu planning tool. Okay. But really utilizing it to its full potential really can help when it comes to menu planning, figuring out how much food to order, and how you can repurpose some of the food from meal to meal.
0: Is this a tool that you think is pretty common regardless of what the restaurant or where the restaurant is? So your average mom and pop restaurant or a chain restaurant, are they using similar tools? Or is this a tool more specific to the senior living facility?
1: It's going to be a tool that's going to be used when cooking large batches of food. Okay. So it'll be specific more often towards thing uh, or communities like senior living or hospitals or universities. Okay but they can still do a restaurant-type menu utilizing the menu planner. It's just how they approach the amount of food that they need to order. That makes sense. Um, Some of the other benefits of better managing their food budget is that it can result in additional money being made available for new and creative menu ideas or even better ingredients down the road. For instance, with a better management of the budget – The uh, food service director may find that they've got money in their budget to purchase some higher-end steaks and do a special steak meal. Or maybe they can do the same and bring in either, instead of shrimp, they can bring in lobster or clams or something like that.
0: Maybe there's an upcoming holiday that they want to go all in on. Right. Now they have a better opportunity to do that.
1: For instance, I know a lot of places will do special things for both Mother's and Father's Day, and that's a good example.
0: Sure. Okay. Okay.
1: Another thought with the money saved is that they might be able to take that money and use it towards rewarding the staff. We all know that finding and keeping good staff is a challenge across all areas of food service. Right. So what they could do is maybe um, if they save a little bit of money, maybe once a month they do a special cookout for their staff or they provide a special meal or maybe they've got a reward system in a different way that is um, meaningful to their own staff.
0: Yeah. I think it, every little bit helps in that situation keeping your staff happy, keeping them coming back day after day.
1: Absolutely. In the end, it's really all about the residents. Make sure that they are happy from day to day and from one meal to the next.
0: Okay. So let's shift to the idea of waste in the more traditional sense. You know, as we were preparing for this discussion today, I was doing a little bit of research online, and I came across an article that was estimating, I believe it was up to 250 pounds of food waste per day across senior living facilities located in a single state. Now, that that seemed like a pretty high number. So then if we take that number, take that average, and then multiply it by the total number of senior living facilities across the entire U.S., currently in operation, that's a huge amount of food waste.
1: You are absolutely correct. Uh, Food waste is something that is being talked about more than just in senior living. I read an article today about food waste in restaurants, um, but more specifically also in hospitals and campuses. Globally, and I looked this up, according to the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, over a third of all food produced for human consumption is either lost or wasted. So to put that into a little bit more of a um, understandable number that amounts to 1.3 billion pounds of food annually. And even worse, global hunger is on the rise yeah. so all that food that's being wasted means that we're not being good stewards of the of our food supplies. And it's one of the easiest things that we can do to improve our global impact. And there's an added bonus, too, of saving the valuable dollars when watching our food waste.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think of the idea of, you know, the global hunger and equating that and kind of folding it back into how much food waste just daily and, you know, what we could be potentially doing with that. That's just, that's a staggering number. I mean, that's, those are some interesting figures that you are thrown out.
1: I find it also very staggering. And I think about even myself when I'm cooking how much food I potentially am wasting. And I've become very aware of it in the sure. last several months.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's hard not to. I mean, it, it, whether you're a single person whether you're a couple or if you've got a family, especially a young family, and the amount of food that gets wasted in those situations, now now we're taking that same idea and we're applying it to a a senior resident community where there's, I mean, hundreds of people living there. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of food. That's a lot of waste.
1: It is. Um, when we look at the restaurant industry, which is the – it's all hospitality when it comes to dining. Yeah. But when we look at the restaurant industry, according to the USDA, they are wasting over $162 billion a year on food.
0: Yeah, unbelievable.
1: Um, and it really might be stating the obvious, but food waste really disrupts the bottom line of a restaurant in a significant way. And that, of course, then is carried over into every aspect of food service. Um, the f- costs associated with food waste it really does directly impact the overall expenses required to take care of seniors and to have them live comfortably um, within their communities. Sure. And we know that after labor, food is the biggest area of spend in a senior living community.
0: Yeah. Now, there, there's also this idea or this notion of pre- and post-consumer food waste. So, again, looking it up, I kind of realize that Pre-consumer waste is that's mostly associated with food that it never even leaves the kitchen, where where post-consumer waste is all about the food that was prepared, it was purchased, it was served to a customer, but then never eaten. So, it, can this this same idea can this this pre and post consumer food waste can that also be applied to a senior living facility?
1: Uh, absolutely, and there really are two different areas to look at when it comes to um, pre-consumer and post-consumer food waste. Those yeah. are the two big areas. So when you're looking at reducing your food waste prior or pre-consumer food, you really need to look at evaluating your inventory to verify that the orders that are being placed aren't too large. For instance, if you know that your residents aren't necessarily the biggest beet eaters, you don't want to order 17 cases of canned beets just because they are on sale.
0: Nobody should order that many beets. (laughs) It just shouldn't be.
1: I happen to love beets, but that's a lot of beets. (laughs) Um, You also want to make sure that within senior living, that the food service team is really maximizing the shelf life and the perishables. So one of the ways to do that is you want to make sure that the food is always dated and then it's rotated, the first in, first out concept. Hmm. And those are ways to help use food before it goes bad. I know it seems obvious, but actually having these behaviors and habits really will help with that pre-consumer food waste. Sure. Um, there's some other things that can definitely happen, like being creative and repurposing ingredients. For instance, maybe on Tuesday night you serve uh, broccoli as your vegetable of the day, and then on Wednesday you offer a broccoli cheddar soup.
0: Oh, of course. You could also yeah.
1: look at doing um, offering bread and bread that is somewhat stale, then using it to make croutons for the salads or any leftover meat, turning it into soup. Or what about um, meat that is not exactly the most attractive and using that and turning it into a broth. There are a lot of different ways that you can reuse or be creative with that food that's left leftover. Right. The other thing is training your staff to understand the importance of food waste. And behaviors are the hardest piece of this, the hardest thing to change. So there's a few, I have a few different ideas and obviously talking with other communities is a great way to get ideas. Uh, But you can definitely ask your staff, what are their ideas on how they can prevent some of that pre-consumer food waste? Getting them involved, giving them some buy-in and showing that you do appreciate their feedback and they're adding value to the program. Or I just read today in another magazine, um, maybe having a competition with your staff on who can repurpose food that would otherwise have been tossed. For instance, maybe the tops of carrots can be cut off and turned into a pesto. Mm. Or the bits of asparagus that are going to be um, usually tossed because they are not going to look attractive on the plate. Can that also be repurposed?
0: Yeah, those are both good ideas. And Also, it you're getting your employees involved. You're getting them invested in this situation, right? They're, they're just not doing their routine business for the day. They're, they're providing their feedback. Maybe they're coming from another senior living facility where they did something there that they can now implement at this new location.
1: That's And that's absolutely right. Do not shy away from asking your staff because they may have ideas that you never thought of. Right.
0: Yeah. Might as well.
1: Absolutely. Uh, some other things to do would be to keep the stock well organized, um, making sure that the perishables are being used um, in a very timely manner. I know storage is always at a premium when you ask any senior living provider what they wish they had more of besides staff. A lot of times they'll say storage. Yeah. So asking some of your vendor partners for ideas on storage. There are always new things coming out in the industry, new ways to really maximize space and being able to keep your fingers on the pulse of these new trends may help actually help you use your food in a more timely manner. Uh, the other couple of things would be offering staff leftover meals or other vegetables that maybe they can take home at either a reduced rate or for free so sure. you can use them as well. Yep. Plus, if you can um, offer staff some food that maybe didn't go over very well for a dollar or two, you can use that towards uh, just your overall food budget. <laughs> but moving into post-consumer waste, some of the things that you can do um, would be to definitely monitor the portion sizes that you're giving to somebody in the dining room. You could try a scale, or you can also use the pre-measured scoops or spoons. They're called spoodles. Or um, Did you make that up? I did not. They're called spoodles (laughs) or loons, depending on the style. And those are actually great because maybe uh, two ounces of coleslaw is really all that you need to have, or maybe an ounce. And having measured out food will help to control some of those food costs and that waste. Um, Managing resident expectations to make sure that they're fully aware of each menu item really can also help making sure the food doesn't come back to the kitchen, which more than likely means it's going to be tossed and new food will be sent out. So using a resident council when planning your menu is key because they can help get the word out. So if you're doing something a little different on the menu, the residents are ready to see that new item on the menu.
0: What do you mean by a resident council?
1: Most communities will have a group of residents who get together and will give their feedback and be the voice of the residents for the whole community. Okay. Trying to get 250 residents in one room sure. and asking for opinions in order to plan, it's hard enough to get five people to agree, let alone 250 people to agree. Right, right. So they are usually are nominated or elected by the rest of the residents, and then they come to some different food planning meetings. And they will give their feedback.
0: So similar to getting the other employees involved, And some of these decisions, now you're getting the actual residents involved in helping to make these decisions at the same time.
1: Absolutely. Okay, good. Another thing that you can do to track the popularity of a meal, and that will be able to tell you whether or not you need to spend the money to put that meal on the menu again, is to do what I like to call, and I'm actually stealing this from somebody who used it once, but a garbage can review. What that means is that as your staff is clearing plates, you have somebody who is standing next to the garbage can and they are they require you require your staff to bring the food back to that garbage can and they still go about their normal business. They scrape the plates. Yeah. As they're scraping, you can make notes of what went over and what didn't. For instance, maybe the salmon with green beans and rice everybody ate the salmon and they ate the green beans but you're tossing a lot of rice can you change the amount of rice can you change that side of that meal so that you're not wasting as much food
0: would you take that information it seems like a really good idea to kind of identify what's working what's not from a menu you know perspective but then would you take that that data that information back to the senior council and say hey, you know we noticed in the last you know two weeks based on your example you just gave us you know we're no one seems to be eating the rice. You know why why is that? Is it are people just not interested in rice? Do they want a different flavor? Could you take that back to that council and try and get even further data to then even further refine the menu?
1: Absolutely. That I think that when it comes to senior living dining, you have to remember that these residents live in your restaurant essentially. Yeah, they're there for potentially sometimes three meals a day, so definitely getting them involved, asking them those questions is also a great way to show them that you value what they have to say and that you care about their experience as much as if they go to a five star restaurant, they would care about their experience. Right, right. Um, I think that the garbage can audit is such a simple way. To start noticing some of those trends. Yeah. And what does it require once a week standing by the garbage can and making some notes? It doesn't require anything more complex like having a scale or trying no. to figure out any of those types of things.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you, like you said, you're there anyway, scraping the, the excess food into the garbage can. It's just taking some quick notes.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Good. Good. Uh, The final thing that can also help with post-consumer food waste is offering the residents to take the food back to their rooms to either have as a snack later in the day or... uh for instance, uh, I do a lot of business lunches, and mm-hmm. there are times that I will be sitting there talking, having a great time, and I will only eat about half of my food. So I can take that back with me and then eat it later in the car, usually, on my way to the next meeting. <laughs> well, the same can be said about seniors. Maybe they're having a really great discussion at lunch, and instead of eating, they decide that they want to pack their food up. Yeah. In a couple of hours, when they're hungry again, they can just eat that as opposed to having to ask for another snack or using eating their own food from their own refrigerators or going down to your. Bistro or another area to purchase something. Yeah, I suppose
0: it has nothing nothing to do about the quality of the food. It's just that they they didn't get around to finishing it, or like you said, they were too engaged in other conversation, taking it back to their room where they probably have a microwave and oven that they can use anyway. Um, It's very easy to reheat, and it's still fresh. It's probably still very good. They can get to it when they get to it. Exactly. Very good. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Before we end the episode, can you fill in our listeners with the best way they can reach out to you directly if they have any additional questions, concerns, they just want to tap you on the shoulder?
1: Absolutely. Um, My email is my first initial S for Shelly and last name Sievert, S like Sam, I, E, V like Victor, E, R, T like Tom, at belter.com, and belter is spelled B O E L T E R. Um, also my phone number is 615-476-2725. That is my cell phone and I can be reached at it most times of the day. I'm also on LinkedIn and definitely look me up. I follow a number of different trades so that, and a lot of times I'll share that information because just because it's coming from a quick serve restaurant doesn't mean that it does not pertain to senior living.
0: As a reminder, you can connect with us by visiting belter.com as well as reach out to us on the stated LinkedIn Instagram and Facebook. We're active on all three of those. Uh, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and coworkers. In the next episode, Shelley and I will be continuing the senior living discussion, and we're going to talk through how the dining room can become a more efficiently run operation. Until then, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Belter Wire podcast. Remember, you can visit us at belter.com for all of your restaurant supply, beverage, hospitality, janitorial, and licensed branding needs.